This is a podcast version of our YouTube video. Make sure to subscribe to Oddspeedy on all platforms so you don't miss any content. Now on with the show. Hello guys and welcome to Odson Premier League. We have the second match day. We have some good games after what happened in the first match day with the citizens losing against Tottenham. And we have with us Tom Rennie to help us analyze all these 10 games. How are you, Tom? I'm doing very well. I'm feeling very confident after last week. So I'm looking forward to this week. Oh, yeah. Five out of ten greens, including, for instance, uh, Brentford victory over Arsenal. Also West Ham victory. So I'm very thankful to you. That West Ham win, I had West Ham to win and Callum Wilson to score as a double. It came in at like 11 to 1, I think it was in the end when I put it on. I mean, that's pretty good. I was so happy with that. And because West Ham won, I spent that winnings so fast. Mm, now the pressure is on you then to tell us again your tips. And remember, guys, uh, leave a comment as well. You can ask any question to Tom. And don't forget to click on the like and subscribe in you if you enjoy our videos. So, Tom, let's see if you can nail it like uh, last week. And let's start with the game on Saturday, the early kickoff. Actually, you were also right about Liverpool. Easy victory. Comfortable debut against uh, Norwich. You said uh, Salah to score goals. He scored one goal. Firmino, Diego Jota, probably a convincing start of the season. And they have an easy calendar because now they face uh, Burnley, who lost at home against, pro again, problems for them at uh, Tarf Moor. But remember, Tom, last season, Burnley was able to win at Anfield. It was January. It's been a long time, but they mm -hmm. won. They did, and I have been trying to incorporate that into my thoughts for this game, but it was such a different world back in January in so many ways. Uh, for Liverpool, their team, their injury situation, Anfield, and for Burnley as well. Um, you're not going to go to Anfield with that lack of pressure a great deal of times if you're Burnley, and they're under pressure already. Scored in the first, second minute against Brighton last week, and then were outplayed from that point onwards. Brighton well worth their victory at Turf Moor. The fear factor at Turf Moor is gone which is a massive concern for them. So Burnley can't go into away games like this and be like, well, you know, we'll get nothing, but we'll win next week. So don't worry about it. So it's, it is actually a big test for Burnley already to see whether they do have the defensive solidity they are famous for. But really, this game's all about Liverpool. There was no test against Norwich last week. I told you last week, Norwich are a waste of all of our time. No point this season do I advise any of our viewers to bet on Norwich in any scenario except to lose. Uh, and that will remain this case this week when we get to Norwich as well. So that was a bit of a gimme last week for Liverpool. I think this is a bit of a gimme as well. Despite Burnley needing to improve, Liverpool win, Liverpool win big. I'm looking at the handicaps for this one because I'm going to go handicap this week for both Liverpool and for Manchester City. You can get minus two for around 13 to eight. I may be looking at Liverpool minus three handicap for this game to win. My only doubt, my only caveat to that is that I think Norwich can't improve. I think Burnley can improve. So I'd be looking maybe minus two handicap Liverpool win. Okay, easy victory for Liverpool. And you mentioned that uh, Burnley didn't start well the season. What to say about the next two teams? Aston Villa, Newcastle, they both lost uh, Aston Villa 
against Watford. They were 3-0 down, actually, until the last 20 minutes. Probably the only good news for them is that uh, Danny Ings scored his first goal with the uh, Villains, whereas Newcastle, they lost 2-4. They took the lead twice in the game against West Ham. But, as you said as well, the Hammers won there. And here, Aston Villa so favourite, uh, probably too much, no? Odds are very low for the home victory, only 1.9. Yeah, Villa, I think, quite rightly, big favourites here because they were beaten by Watford last week, but certainly the second goal, but they all felt like they were freak occurrences, the goals. I thought, in general, it was very, very even. I think Villa are a good team, but they do seem like a side that, understandably, having lost Jack Grealish, don't quite know how to play at this point. Um, Douglas Luiz should be back in midfield, replacing Marvellous Nakamba. That's important for Villa because he makes uh, a good pairing with McGinn in the centre of midfield. Um, and I like the look at points of El Ghazi, Buendia and Ings going forward. Not a big fan of 35-year-old Ashley Young playing in a front three for Villa in 2021. But I still think maybe set pieces, he, he could have some moments in games. They were defensively quite suspect at points, Villa, which did surprise me. But again, I think a lot of that comes down to Luis being missing. As for Newcastle, God bless them. They haven't improved from last season at all. Nothing has changed from last season at all. I know Joe Willock has come in. He was their bright spot from last season. Couldn't play last week. I expect him to come in. Offensively for Newcastle, they've got two players with Willock three. But Willock, eh, I'm not too sure about that in general. Good last year. I don't know if it's a good buy. But they've got two players who are well worth watching, well worth looking out for on all your goal-scoring markets. Alan Maximan, who is such a brilliant maverick, one of a few players that I would pay my own money to go and watch play football. I think he's brilliant. And Callum Wilson is a deadly goal scorer. Last week, I backed Wilson to score. If you're looking for Newcastle goal scoring markets, back Wilson again as he is fit. Um, you mentioned the, the, the odds there, very low, around 1.8, 2 to 1, Villa to win. Not really worth your time. I wouldn't be looking at Newcastle win at all here. But draw's interesting. Draw is interesting, and both teams to score in, is interesting. Draw is around 3.5, 4 to 1. You can get a 1-1 draw, 2-2 draw, 3-3 draw for pretty decent money. Both teams to score and over 3.5 is around 3.5. So around about 3-1, 4-1. That's quite decent. I'd be looking at draw, both teams to score, and a reasonably high-scoring game. I'm actually quite looking forward to it. Okay, then uh, let's go from Birmingham to London. To the south, uh, we have Crystal Palace, Brentford, probably it's early days, but this could be important for the relegation at the end of the season. Crystal Palace, uh, we expected also them to lose against uh, Chelsea. Let's see what they can do against a newly promoted team like Brentford. That for many people, maybe it was a surprise, not for you, but they beat Arsenal 2-0. They did. Um, let's start briefly on Crystal Palace. It's hard to tell what team they are at this point under Vieira because they barely touched the ball against Chelsea last week. And I haven't seen them a great deal in pre-season. So my knowledge on Palace for this particular discussion is going to be reasonably low. I do know from what we saw last week, they look pretty poor. They look pretty poor in terms of pressing. They look pretty poor in terms of passing. They look pretty poor in terms of defensive organisation. And nobody who I know who has supported a team managed by Patrick Vieira thinks he's any good. So I've got lots of concerns about Crystal Palace. But Brentford, the game I was working on, the game I previewed with you last week in detail, I think they were just brilliant. They were absolutely brilliant last week. Now, you've got to caveat that with the fact they've been building up to this game since 1946. You know, that's the last time they were in the top flight and they were ready. 
Brentford fans were ready. People in that new stadium were ready. The atmosphere was incredible. And it really lifted those players to put in FA Cup final level performances. Uh, Brian Embuemo was fantastic. Ivan Tony, though not fully fit, worked his socks off. You know, lots of players were really, really good. So going into this game, the way they played from last week, I would make Brentford favourites. The bookies think it's about even. Going across the markets on Oddspedia this morning, everyone's got them all around 3-1, to 2.5. So no one has really gone clear favourite here, which is really, really commendable for Brentford. Palace might surprise us. Palace might put in a good performance here. Not many of us are predicting it. I think Brentford look a more offensively set team. I think maybe Palace will threaten more offensively than Arsenal did last week because they're at home and they've got Zahar and they lost last week and all of that. But here, I'm looking at Brentford. I'm looking at Brentford to win. I'm looking at Brentford to win with both teams to score. And I did find one this morning. Ivan Tony to score first and Brentford to win 2-1. You can get, in some markets, 50-1. to Now, that is tasty. Odds 2.92 right now, as we can see, for Brentford to win. That's also tasty. And it's very interesting, our next game. Leeds Everton, Bielsa against Benitez, probably difficult to see two styles clashing more. But debut in this Premier League for Leeds, they were thrust in Old Trafford again because also happened the last season. Whereas for Everton, good debut for Rafa Benitez in Goodison Park, three-one victory against uh, Southampton with a comeback in the second half. Also the usual suspects, uh, Richarlison and Calvert Lewin scoring. Richarlison, he's not having any. Holidays and he's still scoring. Yeah, I mean, last week was atrocious for Leeds, wasn't it? I mean, let's start with them. You know, there are lots of like Bielsa stands out there who really care about his legend and reputation and his influence on on other managers. Personally, I don't really care about that narrative. I know that Leeds at points have been amazing under him. I know Leeds at points have been atrocious under him. And I'm told he's on £8 million a year. So going to Man U last week, as they did, in such a pitiful way, a pitiful setup. It's like they'd done no research on Manchester United at all, and they got hammered for the second time in a row. It was a pathetic performance, and they have better players than that, and Bielsa is a better boss than that, or maybe he's not. Maybe his supreme arrogance and confidence ends up in this hubris every now and then because he believes that Stuart Dallas is as good as Paul Pogba. Caveat, I like Stuart Dallas, but, you know, he's not Paul Pogba, let's face it. Um, so Leeds, look, I think that they will be better than last week. They obviously will be better than last week. They'll be able to control the ball better than they did against Manchester United because Everton under Rafa, we all know Rafa at this point, veteran arch Premier League manager, he's not interested in the ball. He doesn't have a real discernible style of play. You know, he's basically Spanish Steve Bruce, right? Uh, with a bit of good record on his CV from 10 years ago. He'll go there to contain. He'll have dossiers and dossiers Don Revy style on uh, Leeds United. And he'll know what every player should be doing to stop them from attacking. And they'll try and nick a go at the other end. This is probably the game I'm looking forward to the least of this weekend, if I'm honest. Because I think Rafa will be able to shut this game down. Rafa Benitez will be able to shut Leeds United down. I think already you can see that the, the green shoots of Rafa can be seen at Everton. I said to you previously, I think it's the best possible manager they could have got Everton, and I think it's going to work out well. Um, so I, th- I see low scoring here. I'd be looking at low scoring 1-1. I'd be looking at nil-nil draw. Um, I certainly won't be looking at the game, but it's not going to be worth your time. 
Mm, it's uh, funny how Ancelotti and Benitez cross paths, one in Everton, the other one in Real Madrid. Ancelotti is a perfect suit for Real Madrid, in my opinion, and maybe Rafa Benitez as well is a perfect suit for Everton, but we will discover it this season. For sure, it's, uh, Pep Guardiola is very comfortable in uh, Manchester with the, with the millions and millions and millions yeah. around him. To buy new player, Grealish uh, started and he played in White Hart Lane against the Spurs, but first defeat of the season against uh, Tottenham, even playing without Harry Kane, but we will talk about uh, Tottenham later. And Man City, they played without a nine, without a striker. Yeah. Now time for a comfortable victory, I guess, against uh, Norwich. I imagine that you are only looking at Asian handicaps here or... Man City to win both halves or something like this. <laughs> yes, there's a lot of variations of that exact same bet. Um, look, briefly on the on the teams, I think Man City were reasonably good last week, actually. I think they missed the focal point striker. I think they kind of got away with it at times last year because they were on such a roll, but also they could give the ball to Kevin De Bruyne last year. And he came on last week, and I can only assume he's not fit enough because they got better when he was on. But without, I mean, he is their number one elite top three player in the world man and without him they look worse and that continually happens with Man City no Kevin De Bruyne don't look as good if he is fit and there they're more than likely to win I enjoyed this win immensely mainly because six or seven defeats from Man City means we're going to have a great great season that's already one down there's not many places they're going to go and possibly get beat uh, Tottenham Hotspur is usually one of them it was again this already spices up the season. For Norwich, I did their game on Saturday and they were pitiful against Liverpool. I expect nothing from Norwich this season. I expect maybe 20 points at best. Pookie don't score goals in the Premier League. Didn't last time. Not really going to this time. 10 at absolute max and he'll be their top scorer, which some will say is good, but no one else will score. Cantwell still looks like a boy playing in a man's league. Uh, Rashidza is a poor replacement for Buendia. Like, I could go on, but that it's not worth my time. Um, Man City win this game, obviously. Minus four handicap you get for around sixes. That's probably worthwhile. So Man City minus four on the goal handicap, Asian handicap. Minus four is interesting. Man City win over 4.5 goals, around three to one. That's quite interesting. Actually, they're probably better than the um, specific scores. Five nil to Man City. I always tend to avoid exact scores. Low bets on exact scores for fun and fine. But, you know, don't go big on exact scores ever. But if you wanted to put a fiver on Man City 5-0 Norwich, that's around 12-1. to 1. That seems okay because that's what's going to happen. It's very hard to see such a low odds for a team, actually, in the top five uh, competitions in Europe. Only yeah. 1.14 for Man City, 37 for Norwich. It's like Andorra playing against uh, Italy or something like this in national teams. It's very, very... <laughs> Difficult to see this. Um, so good luck with your bets. You have to go for Asian handicap minus three, minus two point five to find odds around two. So of course the bookies also know how pitiful Norwich is. Then a uh, tougher game probably to call Brighton Watford, two teams that started very well the season, as we mentioned, Brighton. Winning away against Burnley, even if uh, um, and Watford, sorry, great return to the Premier League 3 2 victory against uh, Aston Villa. 
here the bookies make Brighton very favourite actually, 2.3. Yeah, tricky one, actually. Tricky one for the late game on Saturday. It's the game I'm working on Saturday, so I'm looking forward to getting my prep done for this because I actually think it's going to be a decent game of football. I actually think it's going to be quite good because Watford, I was impressed by them against Villa last week. Villa had their deficiencies. We discussed them earlier on. The Luis last week was massive. Um, Emmanuel Dennis, I don't know how fit he's going to be up front, but I thought he was very, very good. Dennis scored the third for Watford, and I thought he was really, really good. Um I think the Watford look like they've got a solid base defensively. They've got a really good goalkeeper in Backman. I think he could be the difference maker. Last time with Ben Foster on the decline of his career, I think cost them several points last season in the Premier League. I think they probably had the best goalkeeper in the championship last season. Uh, and I would expect them to rely on him heavily to make some saves this season. So I like the look of Watford, actually. Um, it was first game of the season, opening atmosphere, you know, all that sort of stuff. So... You know, you take the opening weekend of the season with a pinch of salt always, but I was impressed by them. Same story for Brighton as well. You know, how many teams over the years? I feel like a lot of the cliches now in the Premier League, it used to be about Stoke and now it's about Burnley, right? You don't go to Turf Moor when you go 1-0 down. You're beaten. Tough place to go. Don't want to get a Burnley on a Tuesday night. Blah, blah, blah. All that nonsense. Um, but Brighton went to Burnley last week, 1-0 down, played them off the park. Played them off the park from that point. They, they won 2-1. Uh, Mope and McAllister, if memory serves, scored the two goals. But they could have scored more. They should have scored more. They're a good football team, Brighton. They just, like last season really, don't have the players to play the football the manager wants them to play, which is why so many want to see Graham Potter move up the ladder, which is why so many were, were pitching for Graham Potter to become the new Tottenham manager during the summer, which, you know, would have been derided by some, but they got Nuno. So, you know, same guy, right? Just that one plays good football and one is basically New Mourinho. They went New Mourinho. Fair enough. Good luck, Tottenham. Um, to this game, um, such a tricky one. This is one of the trickiest ones of the weekend. I do edge towards Brighton. Edge towards them slightly because I think that they have a slightly better footballing ethos than Watford from what I've seen currently. However, one thing we do know is Brighton invariably don't win at home in the Premier League in front of their own fans. Mm. Their record with fans was like one win in three years. Even without them, they barely won at the Amex for some bizarre, anomalous reason. So one I would probably avoid this weekend in terms of betting, because I think I think Watford are like five to one to win this morning, which I think is high. I think it's reasonably high and might be worth a punt of someone's money because I do have a soft spot for Watford and the way they play. But I'd be looking for a low-scoring Brighton victory. But 1-0 either way is also interesting. Actually, the bookies are lowering odds for Brighton. When I checked, it was 2.3, as I mentioned before. And now, as we can see, it's 1.8. So maybe going the other way is interesting, as you said. Then we stay close to Brighton in St. Mary, Southampton. Man United, we expected this season to be tough for Southampton and we saw it in Goodison Park losing 3-1. Probably the only good uh, news, piece of news, was that uh, Armstrong scored his first goal with Southampton. They also lost Vestegar uh, to Leicester City. Whereas United, we said how good or how comfortable they were against Leeds with this 5-1 victory, with Bruno Fernandes still uh, leading with a hat-trick. And last season, actually, we saw a very interesting game, this one in Southampton, because uh, the Red Devils were losing 2-0, and they ended up with Cavani scoring a brace, a brace winning 2-3, also 9-0 in yeah. Old Trafford. Interesting, the games between these two teams.
Nine yeah, I don't, I don't know the odds for nine nil this year, but maybe we should check that out because it could be very similar. I know it's at St Mary's uh, this week, but Southampton, my goodness, they are in trouble. They're in trouble already. I know thirty-seven weeks to go here, but that is a poor, poor team. That is a poor Premier League team. Happy for Armstrong scoring last week, capitalising on that mistake by Michael Keane. Chai Adams and Armstrong might well be a good pairing up front. But losing Look. Danny Ings, losing Vestergaard, having no replacements of quality coming in. Theo Walcott's been their big signing of the summer, who they already had for inexplicable reasons. You know, if James Ward-Prowse gets injured for eight, nine games, and he hasn't been injured for two years, but if he does, there's not a Premier League player in that starting eleven. So big, big trouble for Southampton. For Manchester United, they weren't great last week. I think Leeds opened a lot of doors for them. Um, but they were still great. You know, Pogba probably had his best performance for Manchester United. Certainly, last week we were discussing on a programme I was doing, what great performances for Man U can you remember of Paul Pogba? And we came up with second half against Man City with Alexis Sanchez three years ago and then kind of got stuck. But I think you could now probably put this game in there as well. He was great. Bruno Fernandes was great. Jaden Sancho to come in, I think, this week, you know, as well as Daniel James did. You buy someone for, what, 75, 80 mil, whatever it was. You play that guy. So uh, I don't think Varane's going to be ready. They're not going to need Varane for this week. Lindelof and Maguire will be fine for this week. What I'm saying is back Man United. I, I don't see a great deal of value in this market. I, I don't because, you know, you're, you're looking through it now and I looked through it this morning and it's very difficult to find something worth betting on. I'd be looking at definitely Bruno Fernandes to score and Man U to win. That could be an interesting double. I'd be looking at Manu to win without conceding. Maybe an Asian handicap of even minus three in this game for Manu to win. I'm so confident of a Man United win. I'm considering putting my child's college fund on it. That's how confident <laughs> I am of a Manu win. Don't do that. Don't do that. Southampton, Neil. She's never going to college, mate. Don't worry. She's never going to make it. He's going to Eton for sure. <laughs> Southampton, Neil, Man United, nine is 201 odds. Do it. That's worth so, a pound. That's worth a pound or a euro, why whatever. Not? Why not? Probably we won't see many goals in our next game. Wolverhampton, Tottenham, Portuguese coach, both ways. Nuno, great start no, for him against Spurs. Clean sheet, uh, beating Man City, playing even without Harry Kane. And Wolves, also some kind of uh, expected uh, debut. Not many goals against Leicester City. One nil defeat. Yeah. Probably a boring one, this one? Yes. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, I reserve my judgment on Wolves under Bruno Large for a few more weeks because I didn't get to see the Leicester game in great detail. I watched the extended highlights, but I didn't get to see the full game. I know they lost and I know they didn't create uh, a great deal in the game. I know that he has some designs on turning Adama Traore into a centre-forward, which I think is quite interesting. You know, David Moyes has had some success in doing it with Anatovic and Antonio. And, you know, a few teams now have taken a winger and turn him into a striker because you don't need some of the old attributes. It's not about holding the ball up and that anymore. It's often about having that pace in behind and bringing your wide runners in. So I can see it. Uh, I don't know how well it's working. I know he missed a sitter in that game. But with Wolves at this moment in time, I think we're a bit of a gambler's nightmare because we don't quite know what we're going to get. I don't know what sort of team they are. I do know there's not a great deal to report from last week. I do know a lot about Tottenham having been to the game last week, and of course, we're all watching them in detail. Firstly, I think it works without Kane. I think they've moved on 
from Harry Kane. I think even if Kane came back now, whisper it softly, why would they bring him back in for a game like this? Because they're going to need to hit walls on the break, who are going to need to press forward, which I think is a bit uncharacteristic for these players and the manager, for what I know about them at the moment. And I think Bergwijn, Son and Mora, it worked really, really well. You know, Tottenham Hotspur at this point, and he was the last man to leave the field on Sunday just gone, it's Hungmin Son's club now and Harry Kane just used to play there, right? That's how they look to me. And I think you build the team now around Hungmin Son as a central striker. You change the way they play. The midfield looked good. Skip and Hoybier, I wouldn't change a great deal there. Delhi Alley put in a good shift, though not sure what he is at this point as a footballer. And the defence looked strong as well. Tanganga gave a, a brilliant performance at right back. So everything here for me favours a Tottenham Hotspur win. I think low scoring, absolutely. 1-0 Tottenham will be my bet. Tottenham to win under 1.5 goals and keeping a clean sheet. That's what I'll be looking at. Okay, then we have a very interesting game. Arsenal-Chelsea, we are in game week two and already uh, there are rumours of Arteta being sacked and Conte being signed, which probably I uh, would be very interested actually to see yes. Antonio Conte with the with Arsenal, of course, but the boot for Arteta, what to say, to nil defeat against Brentford, and as we spoke also, very comfortable for Tuchel men after winning also the European Super Cup, 3-0 against Crystal Palace mm. with Pulisic scoring, but no Werner, no Havertz. No, Werner, of course, no Werner. Yes, yes. I mean, uh, I think the, the, the thing is with Arsenal and the Conte thing, you know, Antonio Conte is undoubtedly a better manager than Mikel Arteta is and maybe will ever be. However, they've already spent the money. You know, when, when if Conte comes in, if he were to come in, which I don't think is, is practical, Arsenal have already spent big money in this transfer window. Just today they're buying Aaron Ramsdale for inexplicable reasons for like £25 million. They're spending more money than pretty much anyone else, bar Man City, in the Premier League. They are backing this manager. Edu, who does the transfers, believes in this manager. I just cannot, for the life of me, work out why. Because when he first came in, they got better defensively. They've now lost that. They've never improved offensively. I know they lost to Bamiyang and Lacazette last week, and we're yet to know whether they're going to come back in. But I just don't think one or both of those players would have improved what we saw from Arsenal last week. It was a complete mess. They were outfought, outfought. Um, the tactics that, that Thomas Frank were, were so much better than Arteta. Arteta didn't react in game to anything Brentford were doing. It was an inc- it was a shockingly bad performance against Brentford. They've got to improve in this game. And they're playing Chelsea. And so I just don't see it. I think they'll raise their game because mid-table teams, as Arsenal are, always raise their game against the big teams, as Chelsea are. However... Chelsea looked in complete cruise control against Palace last week. Lost Ziyech in the, in the Super Cup, but Pulisic, as you mentioned, came in and did a perfectly fine job. And the big story here is Lukaku, Lukaku, Lukaku. You know, is he going to be fit to play? I would assume that they are going to get him in this team as soon as possible. You know, Lukaku is not the Lukaku who left Man U four years ago, looked overweight and unhappy. He's fit as a fiddle. He looks thinner. He looks leaner. He looks sharper. I think he'll be ready. Had a nice long rest, ready for this game. And Chelsea with Lukaku against Arsenal in this game. Wow. Good luck. Good luck, Gunners. You're looking at 3-0 to Chelsea is about 15-1, to which is low. Chelsea to win, as you you can see there, is is under 2-1. to I'd be looking at Chelsea to win without conceding. I'd be looking at Chelsea to win big. 3-0 at 15s, 18s is quite interesting. 
Uh, and Chelsea to win, Lukaku to score as a double. Also interesting. All sorts of big Chelsea wins. Maybe even look handicapped for this. That's how big Chelsea are going to win this game. Chelsea with Lukaku, they look really, really good for both Europe and the Premier League. Then our last game on Monday, very good one as well. West Ham, Leicester City, two teams that won in the first uh, match day with their best players also scoring. We have uh, Jamie Vardy, as old as he gets, but still saving the Foxes. 1-0 uh, victory against Wolves and West Ham, you will tell me, but great victory also in St. James's Park with your Antonio scoring yes. and also Sochek. Yeah, they're very even. As you can see why it's very even with the bookies, because Leicester are normally great away from home. West Ham, when fans are in, tend to struggle at home. So it makes a lot of sense. Uh, I think they're two good teams who will finish in the top 10 of the Premier League. Leicester probably in the final analysis will be a bit higher. West Ham played really, really well, though there are some issues there with West Ham in terms of the depth of squad, the fitness of players. There is no second team to come in. There are no replacements of any real worth. There's still four or five players short for me of a top 10 finish and a run in the Europa League. Uh, they might have to choose one or the other, which will probably be the league, but, you know, fair enough. Uh, if Antonio's hamstrings go, they're in tremendous trouble. But at the moment, they are intact. And so West Ham have got a chance in this game. Defensively strong, I'd say their central midfield pairing is better than Leicester's. Uh, but defensively, I probably would just favour Leicester at this point, despite West Ham looking like they've got a good unit back there. There's no pace at all in the back line which is a worry against Jamie Vardy. So West Ham could have to drop very deep in this game. As for Leicester, you know, it's still about Jamie Vardy, but Jamie Vardy at 34 is still faster than a lot of 21-year-olds. You know, he's still rapid. He's still so clever in his instinctive finishes. He's still horrible to play against as Wolves fans. Oh, we'll tell you from last week, you know. So look, in this game, the bookies think it's even. I think it's even. I'd be looking draw. Both teams score. 1-1 one, one will be my favourite outcome. Perfect, Tom. Then let's see if you have as good, uh, you did as good as last week with five greens. And do you have an acca for us? Of course. It's not the sexiest. It's not the sexiest of ACAs this week because I'm going a lot of favourites. Though I have got one in there to spice it up. Liverpool win. Easy peasy. Liverpool win against Burnley. Man City win against Norwich. You probably won't make a great deal of money on that. Chelsea beat Arsenal, big favourites. But if you want something spicy to throw in there for four, and you know I like to go with four games, Brentford Palace. Brentford Palace should give you some interesting odds for this four. But those are my four winners. Mm -hmm. Then we will also write down in the comments uh, your ACA and the odds for this week. Ben, Tom... Thank you. See you next week. And thanks everyone for watching. You still can leave a comment and tell us your tips, of course. And don't forget to like our videos and subscribe. Tom, thank you and see you next week. See you next week.